everybody and welcome to episode two of Inside the Circle, your softball podcast on GameTimeCT.com. I am your host, Sean Patrick Foley, and with me as always is the head high school beat writer, head high school softball beat writer, Ryan Lacey. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Sean. Thanks for having me back for another week of uh, softball. Well, you're a part of the show, man. <laughs> this is well, Thanks for having you back. You are the show. It is the highlight of my week, to be fair. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's a, that's a really good thing. Joining us a little later, we have our first guest. And, of course, it's going to be the number one uh, coach of the number one Massac Panthers. That would be Lee Barone. So we'll talk to her a little bit about her team and some things that are going around softball. You know, it's funny. Last week we talked about there hasn't been any big games. Hopefully we're going to have some big games going on this week. Uh, if the rain holds off, and of course the rain didn't hold off, so we had a you know Cheshire got postponed. Who are they supposed to play? They're supposed to play Saint Joseph. Yeah, Saint Joseph. They got postponed. You know, some other big matchups. You know, I, I, I think it's I think it's you, Ryan. I really do. I think it's you. I am Irish, so the rain may be following me. Well, I'm Irish. I'm half Irish, so maybe maybe it has to do with both of us. <laughs> but um, hey. Uh, we thrive in this kind of stuff, but uh, so it's still, once again, we still haven't had that quite have had that mega matchup. Yeah, we had Seymour and St. Paul, which was, I thought was a looked like a really great game. You know, ten nine, Seymour pulls that one out and uh, um, and stays in in the top ten, even though they had lost to uh, Trumbull just the week before. So um, really interesting to see that there. But we're still all kind of counting down the days to this. You know, it's not going to be one versus two because the softball poll is out. Massac is number one. St. Joseph is number three. Not going to have the same, like, top billing thing it's going to have. But if all goes well, and I'm knocking on wood here. This is actually an actual wood table. Quality wood, too, so it counts even more. Yeah, this is quality Yugoslavian wood. Which isn't a place anymore. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not a place, but it says underneath this table made in Yugoslavia. Anyway, that's your fast fact of the day. But, uh... If all goes well, we will have a one versus three matchup, which I guess, you know, hey, uh, you know, beggars can't be choosers. We're going to get the matchup we wanted. We all know that this possibly, you know, we have North Haven lurking uh, in the background there. They're in the top. Well, they're not lurking anymore. They're in the top 10. But a lot of, you know, we also see Bristol Eastern making a little bit of waves this week uh, with their uh, six inning win over Southington. Um, didn't get, not enough to get them into the, to the uh, to, to the top ten, but certainly you know it. Bristol's always been good in softball, and, it, and you know we and it looks like the, the, you know, Bristol Eastern might be okay again. So that there there it is in, in Class L. So we're we're kind of counting down to this mega matchups, but by no means is this going to be the uh, the you know by no means is this guaranteed to be the state championship preview. No, it definitely it felt that way, you know, during the off season when everyone found out that St. Joe's was, was moving up to L, but as other teams have sort of emerged here early in the season, both are going to have to navigate through a minefield, I think, to get back to the final. Which is good because Class L last year was not very dramatic. Massic just mowed down everyone. It was almost one versus two though. Uh, St. Joe's was two voting points behind Trumbull for that mm. second spot, so you know maybe a little asterisk there. Yeah. Well, since it's a if it's a it's if it's a postponed game, can we revert their <laughs> right, rankings yeah. to when they were postponed? Yeah, it makes sense. I, I can get behind that. They're about as close as number two as you. I mean, they're not getting any first place votes. Massic actually collected a bunch just this week. They 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 edged Barlow three one. Beat 
Pomperog, 17-3, and then beat Fitch, 18-0, which is shocking. That's, Fitch is usually a strong team, and um, it doesn't quite look like it there. Sitting at number two is Trumbull, which has two first-place votes. Last week, they had a pretty big week. They beat Stanford, 5-0, Darien, 18-2, and Ridgefield, 7-3, and they're undefeated so far. Uh, some good pitching and hitting, you know, throughout the week for Stanford. Emily Gale threw a three-hitter against Stanford. And then Mackenzie Brueggemann, who splits time with Gale in the circle, had a big offensive week. Three hits against Darianne and then two home runs against Ridgefield. They've had a couple shutouts this year, you know, even aside from the Stanford game. So, that's you know, it's good to see them getting some good pitching already. Uh, number three is St. Joseph, as we the aforementioned St. Joseph, 5-0. and uh, only two points behind that two spot. So what are you going to do there? They beat up on Norwalk, 17-3. Trinity Catholic, which just rekindled its program, 17-0. And Bridgeport Central, 15-1. So scoring a combined 51 run so far. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just took care of business, for, you know, in the bottom part of their FCX schedule there. Um, their fun challenges lay ahead this week. So it'll be interesting to see how they do there. Sitting at number four is uh, Cheshire, which finally got its season going a little bit here. Beat Hand, 9-2. Pretty good win there. Uh, Guilford, 13-0. 4-13-0. But that game versus uh, versus St. Joe yeah. uh, got postponed. So uh, what are you going to do? I mean, Bree, Bree Pearson seems to be settling in. Or we'll, hopefully we'll see that game. When is that game getting? I think the 24th of April. So St. Joe's, you know, their next week or so is big. They have Greenwich, then Massac, then... Cheshire somewhere in there so you know that's a big big stretch for them so this is a pretty big week for 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 the Rams and even for the cadets and yep. and massive bikes just, sitting at number five quietly is NFA defeated Bacon Academy 17-1 and Woodstock Academy 18 to nothing uh number six North Haven continues to roll hand 11-2 Guilford 6-2 and Sacred Heart 13 and 13 to nothing um and what can you say about North Haven they're still continuing to impress yeah they've you know they started out so strong and they're obviously keeping the momentum going and they obviously have the heart of their sec schedule coming up and i assume they're very excited about you know the start they've made really interesting about number seven southern southern stayed in there it was a six in, oh, five sorry inning. five inning loss to bristol eastern which was revert i mean you talk about all these teams that didn't maybe we're, we're glad that they didn't try and go in the rain because they went in the rain and Southern loses its first game of the season, a game that, that started this next inning and had to revert back. Yeah, so what happened was Bristol Eastern took the lead in the fourth thing. They went up 3-2 on an RBI double. Southington then scored three times in the sixth inning, I think the top of the sixth inning, and then Bristol Eastern had runners on first and second when they finally called it. So Southington was up two, Bristol Eastern had runners on, mm -hmm. but then they went back to the previous you know, inning and, you know, Bristol-Eastern had led 3-2, I guess, at that point, and that's when they called it. I guess the rain was coming down pretty well. It's tough. You know, you always hear about baseball and softball, how the later part of the season is so different because it's so much warmer. Mm -hmm. And then just imagine trying to play in a game in, when it's raining. You know, do you just throw that one out there? Or, you know, you know, how do you sort of assess that in general? Like, Yeah, I, I, look, I mean, I know it's kind of tricky. To, you want to get these games in. You don't have – there's not a lot of wiggle room. Uh, I mean – I, I don't know. I, I, 
it, 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 it troubles me when a team is ahead and they revert back. And it, I mean, this isn't like the MLB or, or whatever where we, we have 162 games. We only have 20 games, and, and every game is really, really that important. Especially so. this one because this is one of the most you know hyped games for the CCC because Bristol Eastern is very good. Shout out to Aaron Gerard, their pitcher. It's gotten off to an awesome start for them. They're 3-0. They haven't actually gotten to play that much. Right. But you know a few more wins from Bristol Eastern, and they should definitely be knocking on the top 10. I think they almost got in this week. So they're a very strong contender, and you know they're, they're – the book will say they won this game. You mm-hmm. know that's it. So obviously a great you know win for them. Uh, absolutely. You know, you can't, I, I thought it was funny. When, <laughs> I guess one of the local papers up there said uh, "Saved by the Rain" or, or something <laughs> like that. I think their local paper that, and they tweeted out. Not the headline we would have used, but <laughs> it's very interesting dichotomy there. Anyway, sitting there at number eight, Seymour five and one. Had that great win, that great comeback. Was it a comeback win? It I was think? a massive comeback win. They. First, uh, they tied the game of 5-5 in the sixth inning on a home run by Colby Surowich. Mm-hmm. Then in the top of the seventh, St. Paul scores four times to go up 9-5. And then Seymour comes all the way back to walk off in seven innings. Yeah, I mean... Listen, that's incredible. The, the, that's obviously the best rivalry, one of the best, if not the best rivalry going in the NVL right now. And it's I, I love to see Seymour getting, you know... Get, Getting a little competition in there in the NVL, and St. Paul certainly did that. I mean, they did beat them last year, Once if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. right, they did beat them last year. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that, uh, the, what that game means going down the road as we head toward the NVL championship. They beat Naugatuck 17 0 and Antonio 19 1. But they stay in the top 10, Seymour. Sitting there at number nine is EO Smith hanging in there, beating uh, Rocky Hill. Farmington and Manchester. The Farmington and Manchester games were pretty relatively close. close. Surprising there, you know. And then they're they're doing what a lot of teams are doing. They're they everyone's going to Florida. Can you blame them? No, I don't blame them. We're in Connecticut. It's like the you know like it's like UConn going down to Florida or going down to play down south. Yeah, it's great to you know great to see other kinds of competition breaks up the season a little more. I'm sure builds team camaraderie and all that sort of thing. You know. They have high hopes for this season. Yeah, so they're going. They're down in the wild world of sports, uh, as are many high school programs. They kind of just get invited down there. Yeah, a few or, others in the state, I believe, are too. Right. Yeah, there are a few of them. Um, but they're five and zero. Oh, I think. Uh, I don't know if they. By the time we, I don't really know what their results were. I think they lost their first game over the weekend down okay. there too. Don't before the poll was done yeah. okay um number 10 is the team oh look at this team seven and we talked about them a little bit last week we said they were going to be tricky they said they have a really good softball tradition but sitting there at number 10 they proved it last week by beating amity three nothing and then beating law four to one east haven nine to five that's in reverse order or all kind of anyway <laughs> Sitting there at number ten is West Haven, number the seven and zero. I mean, they they're almost halfway done with their season. Yeah, some teams uh, only played three games and they got seven. And they there. got seven. Well, first of all, Chris Everon. Let's talk about him and the great job that the West Haven's, uh, you know, their uh, their field maintenance guys uh, do down at uh, the Fitzgerald Sports Complex. I mean, you, when you have a crew like that, the ones that get the fields ready for state championship, I mean, they're just legendary down there. So seven and. 7-0 is not surprising, or playing seven games already is not surprising. They take pride in their stuff. But uh, West Haven makes the moves. You talked to them. You, you, you talked to them for the notebook this week. Uh, what, what have the Wetsies got? They were excited about their start. Obviously, the win over Amity is the one that everyone's going to pay attention to, and no one really said anything about them last week, really. I don't know how many votes they got at all. Right. And then they just jump over everyone right into the top ten. Um, yeah, like I said before, they're they're really excited about what they have. Um, they had, I talked to Coach Joe Morelli. Said he was happy with everything. They're pitching, they're hitting, their defense. They have a lot of experience. I think they have seven or eight seniors too. 
They have, you know, some young players out there, but they just they're taking care of everything right now. And the pitching is obviously the thing that strikes out if you or that stands out if you, you know, you hold Amity to zero runs. <laughs> you know, Ivy Santos is doing a great job. She's just a junior. Yeah. They've only given up two runs or less, five of their seven wins. So, you know, if you're going to get those sort of, you know, low totals against, then you're going to be in every single game, obviously. And they, uh, they're off to an awesome start against some good competition. You know, they didn't, they weren't beating, you know, the bottom teams, you know, 10, 12, 15, nothing. They, they were beating good teams that made playoffs last year. Right. Coming up this week, West Haven's got Lyman Hall, Lyman Hall again, uh, because I guess one of them is one of them was rained out. Hill House, Shelton. I mean, it's not the toughest. They, they got a good portion of their, of their schedule out of the way already. Um, I mean, they could be undefeated. I mean, unless something crazy happens, they could be undefeated as we head into, head into Maine, and that's what that schedule's looking like. Yeah, they, they don't play Cheshire or North Haven this season during the regular season. Right, so. but they do get Amity again. They do get Hand again uh, uh, on, on, in early May. They get Hand twice in, in within four days uh, in, in May. So, I mean, there's still some work cut off, but they don't. And then they'll get into the SEC turn, I, I, I think, with that schedule. Um, I mean, again, it's not not too hard, but also it's also not you know too easy. And to, now they're the team that these teams are going to be looking at, and that's one thing that you know Coach Morrell said that now they have to get up for you know they have to watch them the potholes and you know mines in terms of you know the teams are going to be trying to knock them off now. Just uh, quickly looking at some of the other teams receiving votes, as you said, Bristol Eastern knocking on the door three and zero as of this recording. Uh, they're in the 11th spot. Brookfield is another team you wrote about this week. They're off to a good start in the SWC. One of going to be one of Massac's prime competitors again. Um, and you know they they yeah, they're two and two right now, but still getting a ton of respect. Yeah. Uh, sitting in there, one let's see, let's see, they're sitting in there at the 13th spot. And then South Windsor 4-0, Valley Regional 7-0, Montville, which is paying attention. I see on Twitter 6-0. Uh, and, then, and there are plenty other of other undefeated teams so far. So we're finally getting get, we're finally getting into this. We're finally getting into this. I think the season really gonna, is going to begin uh, this weekend when you have the Massac St. Joseph showdown and the Cheshire St. Joseph. Yeah, I think the end of this week and especially next week, I think there'll be some more clarity, you know, in terms of you know who's got what, and just in terms of sheer number of games, we'll be starting to get closer to the halfway point at that at that stage. Just quickly uh, running down some of the top performances of last week. Uh, you know, uh, Claire McCann from Barlow, as, as you have here, uh, two-header with 14 Ks and a win over New Fairfield. Uh, and Barlow had, gave Massick a little bit of a, a you know, they, she, she only allowed or three runs or None so. None of them were earned. None of them were earned. Uh, so Barlow committed three errors that led to runs, and McC- but Claire was, you know, virtually perfect against them. It was really impressive to see what she did. She's obviously one of the best pitchers in the state. Staying in the SWC a bit, Tiffany Suporn. Of Notre Dame Fairfield uh, started her career with ten hits and her first ten at bats. Yeah, a freshman doing that right out of the gate. That's that's pretty impressive. I I'm going to assume they have someone special down there. Mm, interesting, very interesting. You mentioned Ivy Santos, West Haven, who feels like she's been there forever, even though she's only a junior. Complete game three hitter in a, a three hitter against Amity. Just mashed the ball last year. I know they had some graduation uh, issues, a lot of things that they need to fix there. But that's still an impressive for a team that won against state championship. Yeah, still impressive for West Haven to come in there and uh, to, and to beat them. Dominique Highsmith of the the, the Highsmith clan in Middletown. I saw uh, Dario Highsmith, the, the former All-Stater, up a football player from Middletown, have a nice video here of her walk-off home run to de- to defeat Glassenbury, ten to nine. 
Moving down to the ECC a little bit, we have Alexis Mikon from Montville who tossed a no-hitter against St. Bernard. Alyssa Hackling, uh, which we mentioned, of Bristol Easter, having the, the game-winning hit, an RBI double, to lift uh, the uh, Lancers past Southington in that range-shortened game. Stanford, Diana McGarrian, uh, she had five hits, including the, the winning hit, as uh, the Black Knights defeated Danbury in 10 innings. Uh, Haley Schrader of NFA, four hits, including a home run and a triple in a victory over Bacon Academy. A uh, shout-out to NFA. Uh, they were a little displeased about her not being in the top 25 players to watch for this upcoming season. Uh, mm. Three-time All-State selection so far in her career. And uh, I will be paying a visit to East Haven on Friday to check out the fifth-ranked NFA yeah, we kind of glazed over them in the top ten too. You know, yeah, they don't get a lot of love. You know, from us people here on the western side of the well, state. They have two long trips coming up. They got East Haven on Friday and Stanford on Saturday, so uh, they'll get we'll get to see them up close a little more. I I get a kick out of that. Where you know, did they did they let you hear about it? Yeah, it was a actually it was a local uh, reporter in Norwich. They uh, they brought it up and they were both quoted as saying, you know, we don't know at all, which is definitely true. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, fair enough. Listen, you know, when we get called out, we're we're more than willing to uh, to tip our caps and say, all right, you were right. So Haley Schrader and NFA, you know, making some waves there, waving their arms frantically saying, don't forget us. Uh, speaking of which, we have Bree Pearson of Cheshire, who's the, who's the new pitcher there. She threw a no-hitter with eight strikeouts in a 13-0 five-inning win over Guilford. They're all fired up. They're just gritting their teeth, I'm sure to get St. Joseph um, ne- early next week. Um, and then Mackenzie Brueggemann of Trumbull hitting a home, couple home runs in a, in a 7-3 win over Ridgefield. Those were some of the best performances from last week. Of course, if you want to uh, you know, make sure we get our, our in for our weekly notebook, you should get them to uh, you should email Ryan Lacey um, uh, or leave a comment at, at the bottom of the section um, and before the weekend or actually what Saturday, at least Saturday night, if at the very latest. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into our first uh, guest of the season, the head high school softball coach from Mastic High School, Lee Barone, the state champion high school coach at uh, uh, Mastic. They are trying to uh, repeat this year, and everyone they're the number one team to start the season. Coach, thanks for joining us. You're our first official softball guest. How's that feel? Feels awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Um, five and zero oh so far. Six and zero. Oh. No, five and zero. Oh. Um, how does it feel five. to be five and zero? Oh? You know, how's the season gone so far for your girls? Uh, the season has been going great. You know, we have a lot of new girls playing different positions, and I can definitely see their confidence going up game after game. So it's awesome. I know I asked about this before the season, but what has the pressure been like with everyone looking at you guys? Um, we do feel like we have that target on our back coming off the undefeated season last year. And then again, being five and zero this year, but the girls have the mentality where they're taking it game by game. So you kind of, we know, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And we know that, you know, there's really three seasons. You have the first part of the 20 games, then you have the SWCs and then you have States. So you have to be hot for all of them. You had a little pressure, I assume, yourself taking over for another great coach there at Massick. What was that like trying to follow Coach Jeffs and, you know, you know, what were you thinking there? You know, it was really hard, especially it being my first year coaching in general. Um, but 
softball is a sport that has given so much to me and I definitely wanted to give back to the sport itself as well. Did you look somewhere for guidance during that process when you were starting out there at Massick? Um, I definitely looked to my high school coaches a little bit. Um, I played at Sacred Heart Academy and, you know, I keep in touch with Don Justice. He was my coach back in 2006. So I definitely kept in touch with him as well. Didn't you, did you, did you have a Crovo at the end of your, by the beginning of your career, coach? Crovo was the beginning of my, of, he was the coach for my sophomore and junior year there. Right. Okay. And then uh, Justice was there for your senior for my senior year, yeah. Um, what, 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 well, first of all, where, where are you from originally? I'm from Hamden. Oh, okay. So you were, you were right in town. What, what... Yeah. So I, I ended up going to Hamden my first year, and then I knew I was transferring my sophomore year to Sacred Heart. Oh, okay. Um, what made you make th that change, and, uh, you know, uh, how did that go? Um, the change went well. My sister played for Sacred Heart Academy, too, and had Provo as well. So I just knew how great of a coach Crovo was as well and how much he knew the game. He was, he definitely knew a lot about the game. And then after the junior year, the whole situation that happened there, right. we were all a little bit nervous who was going to take over, but Don Justice took over and, you know, I really enjoyed my senior year there. Just to kind of clue everyone in now, <clears throat> um, there was an incident in 2006 or was it six or, or five? I think it was five. Uh, where, it was yeah. yeah, where where the head coach uh, Kovro was was attacked by one of the parents on the team uh, with a bat, um, and it, you know it severely injured him. And that turned into an, an absolute mess there. You know, uh, being a coach now, and you look back at that, you know, wh how insane is that to just think that that could possibly happen? Uh, it's crazy, right? I just. It's hard to look back to, too, because now I, like, think about those situations and, you know, becoming a coach, I think that was the first thing where I was like, do I really want to do this? <laughs> right? <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, I guess the, I guess the, I'm, I'm curious about is, you know, I mean, I, that was, oh, jeez, that was, what, 14 years ago now, is it, which is, cr yeah. which is crazy to me, but, um, you know, how, how do you a lot of coaches there's been a lot of you know it's just been the the long the long game i guess that how coaches who are dealing who are teaching kids um deal with parents you know how how, do, how did you develop your own system or how do you you know kind of keep the line between you know parents who might be a little aggressive about how you know what their kids are doing and and you know what do you do with maybe your parents or you know what kind of relationship do you have with them um, I prefer anything about playing time to always go through me. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like my girls are pretty comfortable, like having that conversation with me myself. Right. So the parents don't really, you know, they don't, if the girls are comfortable saying it to me, then the parents don't have to. Do you have like a meeting or anything like that? Like before the season? Um, we have a couple meetings before the season just to introduce the coaches and talk about our policies as well. And then we also have a parents meeting where we talk about these policies as well. And how, how, how it sounds like, I mean, you haven't had any issues or I mean, I, not that I know of at least, so I guess that's good. Um, I mean, yeah, but, no. But how has and that worked out with you? It's worked out really well. I have great parents on the team as well, which also helps too. So. Right. That was a really, I don't know. I don't know. Ryan wasn't here. I, I remember that vividly. <laughs> I was in yeah. high school, so I would not have known that. No, I remember that, that vividly. And that was, that's always been the, you know, the, 
that's the worst it could happen, you know. And thankfully yeah. he was, thankfully he was okay. But he had he had to retire after after that, which was which was yeah. pretty which was pretty scary. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's funny now because he follows me now too. So, well, that's Crazy. good. Yeah. For a number one team, you know, there must be a lot of pressure on a lot of kids to kind of break through and be a part of that. Uh, I mean, and then, and then you would probably get a little bit of a, you know, maybe a lot of hurt feelings, though, if someone doesn't, uh, someone just starts over another person. And how do you balance all that? Um, I like to give as many opportunities as I can. So even if they're not part of the starting nine, I feel like. I want them to be part of the team somehow. And so a lot of girls have gotten at bat and have gotten opportunities to, you know, feel like they're helping out the team as well. Um, That kind of leads into a a sort of good question. Obviously the strength of your team are your two great pitchers. What's it like trying to balance those two and get them as many innings as possible when either could start for most teams in the whole state? With the pitching, I like to split a lot. Just because, I mean, this week also, too, we have games today, tomorrow, and Thursday. So that's a lot for one pitcher to pitch as well. And so I like to do split games or go back and forth each game. How does Sam and Maddie think about that? Do they they enjoy that, you know, because they're so talented? Do they mind sharing the load like that? Um, no, they're, they actually have a great relationship. It's awesome to watch. You know, they both play first base when they're not pitching and they're my four and five hitters. So I think they like how they don't have that pressure of pitching every game and, you know, they can, they have another pitcher that they can rely on as well. Right. Does it kind of help because they're good hitters too, that that's how they can, you know, make their mark when they're not pitching? Yeah, they, you know, they're a big part of our lineup and a, you know, they play a big role in the field as well. So them being good hitters offensively and also being able to play the field definitely helps as well. You mentioned your schedule for the week. Obviously today you have a really big one against Newtown and then Saturday is the one everyone wants to see against St. Joseph. You know, how much are you guys looking forward to that one in specific? Yeah, we're super excited for Saturday and for today. You know, the girls love playing and they're excited for every game. How disappointed oh. <clears throat> how disappointed were you guys not to be able to play that game the frame? You get it all the way to the field and they're like, nah, oh. nah, sorry. <laughs> One versus two matchup. You're all you're all stoked up. I'm sure the girls went through a lot of their like routines to get all pumped up for yeah. this one special game, you know, uh, and then yeah. uh, just to be deflated like that. I mean, you know, it wasn't out, it was out of their control, but uh, to be deflated like that, uh, you know, what was that like? It was hard because we were at the field. You know, I told them to do their everydays, to warm up, to hit. And they were just so pumped for that game. And they knew that first game was a big game. So they were so excited. We had come off, you know, some good practices. And they were just ready to go. And for that to happen, I think they were a little discouraged. Well, they seem to have taken it out on the rest of the teams, at least the next few teams in their schedule, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I think we had Staples first, and then we had Fairfield Ludlow. Um and they definitely, yeah, they hit the ball really hard both games, put the ball in play. Is there anything that you've been surprised by or maybe think you guys can do better on? I mean, what if, what is, give me your, your overall assessment of just how you've been playing since then. Um, I'm really, really happy with my lineup. I'm a, you know, I'm, I think the offense is really important because you always have to score a run in order to win a game. 
And I think in the lineup, our one through nine are, you know, producing runs and putting the ball in play, which definitely helps. So I'm really happy with that. You know, a lot of people said we lost a lot of offense last year, which is true. But I have a lot of younger girls who are stepping up and rising to the occasion. What's your relationship like with uh, Meg's dad? Um, I see him every now and then. He comes around, and he's just—he's such a nice guy. He's awesome. That's Meg McFarland. He's talking about oh, yes. ja- Jack. Who we we all have the a great coach at Staples. friend yeah. of the program. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of the program, Jack. Jack knows what it's like. I mean, Jack's a baseball coach. He doesn't want to. He, yeah. he probably doesn't give you. He, you know, he stays back. He, he's a yeah. pretty and much right. I'm sure he's just as busy as I am too. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. You know what I found funny was last year. See, I ne- I never met his daughter before the state. I think it was a state championship game, and yeah. uh, and I, the funniest thing about that was all right. So I interviewed her, and she was so like nonchalant about the whole thing. You know. Oh my, she's. And she, she's so humble. She's awesome. Right. I would, but I was like, I was like, so what'd you think? And she's like, nah, you know, it's okay. Like, you just want to stay champion. I saw you celebrate, but I was like, so I turned to Jack and I said, Jack, you know, that was the most like blase state championship interviews I've ever seen in my life. They were like, he's like, oh, you know, what do you, what do you want me to do, man? I'm like, she's not like you. Like you, I get, I get her dad, you know, every so often, you know, te- texted me stuff about, you know, sports in general because he just yeah. likes to talk. But meanwhile, she was like, mom's the word. I, I guess that must be that she takes off after her mother. I don't know. <laughs> but you no, know, she's go ahead. so funny. She's so nonchalant about everything, too. But she, well, she's, she, but she plays great. I mean, there's been some oh my plays in the field. You know, what, you know, what does she tell, tell me about a little bit about the way she plays? Oh, gosh, she covers so much ground in the outfields. It's insane. Like, even at practices, we do a lot of, like, communication stuff where, you know, I try to hit balls in the gap, and it's like there is no gap. <laughs> right. It's so hard, and she just moves so quick. Any, uh, anybody else on the team that you, you know, who, who has played exceptionally well? Um, There's definitely a few. I... Um, I moved one of my players from right field to third base. And that's just a whole nother thing of, you know, being able to play multiple positions. She's a junior. Her name is Emily Lang. Mm -hmm. And from coming off of playing the outfield for two years and moving into the infield and, you know, being able to play that position well is just says so much about her as an athlete. Um, and she's our number two hitter in the lineup. So she's been producing a lot. And then I also replaced her in the outfield with a junior, Emily Anderson, who's been hitting the ball really well. What, what's the catching situation like this year? So we have a new catcher. She's a, she's a junior. Her mm-hmm. name is Montana Killerin. Um, you know, she's, she's doing a great job behind the plate. And she's impressing me every day. And she's just so... She listens very well, mm-hmm. you know, even with framing and little things. So, you know, I'm excited to have her back there. And, you know, she got to watch Erica Pullen for the past two years, right. which was a good experience for her. And now she, I think she's so excited to be able to fill that position. And she's doing so well. And she's hitting the ball also. Right. So. That That's a pretty high-pressure situation as well. I mean, you talk about, I mean, you know, usually sometimes the highest pressure is the the new pitcher coming in. But, you know, the, to be the new catcher coming in for two veterans, you know, yeah, that, that's how, how is she handling that? 
she's handling it really well. You know, she was on the team the past couple of years, so that definitely helped. So she was able to practice with us. She, you know, warmed up the pitchers last year as mm-hmm. well. So she has been catching for them in the past, but right. it's a whole nother ball game when you're actually in the game. And Erica Pullen used to call all our games. Right. And Montana does the same, and she's been doing a great job calling the pitches. So she's been doing awesome. Moving on a little bit. Uh, sorry. So the big news, obviously, the, during the offseason was that St. Joseph was going to move up. When I mean, when did you know that was going to happen? And, uh, I mean, are you uh, excited for that challenge? Um, I think I heard about it, like, March, beginning of March. Mm-hmm. And, well, I had heard about it previously, but then, you know, it became finalized in March. And um, I'm excited. Jeff Babineau, he's a great coach, and he's awesome. And, you know, they're a big rival for us. So I just think, you know, we got to rise to that occasion. And I always look forward to playing them every year. We've had them in our schedule for the past three years. Mm-hmm. So I think now that they're in the class L though, it, this game is just that much more important because we really, we know at this point that there's a good chance we're going to see them again. Whereas last year we played them and we knew, you know, we probably wouldn't be seeing them again. Right. So. Um, what, what, I mean, are you, have you seen them since, uh, have you seen them much as you get to see I me? Mean, I obviously saw, saw them last year. Um, yeah. and what, you know, what makes them so tough? Um, they have pitched the same pitcher against us for the past, well, the two years that we've played them. And then, so Peyton, she likes to throw a lot of off-speed pitches that throw us off a lot. And we keep jumping at that pitch. So I think, you know, she's done a really good job moving the ball in and out and throwing them off with her pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always have such good hitting, but always a dominant hitting team as well. So they're going to put the ball in play. So our defense has to be ready to make the plays in the field. Do you feel like you're representing your league when you play a team like that? That's won four out of the last five FCAC titles, and you guys have you know won the last few SWC titles. Oh, absolutely, yes. We're you know representing the SWC when we play them, and they've won the FCAC for so many years now. And to have good competition there just shows you know our league is competitive as well. You know, I find it really fascinating, uh, Lee, that um, not only is it you and St. Joseph, but you also have Trumbull sitting there and Jackie, <laughs> and, and Jackie sitting there, and then in like this nexus of softball. This I mean, before it was like the Cheshire Southington nexus, Southington, yeah. you know what I mean? And they were like up there, and, and those two won state title, and then the other one won the state title, and now it's kind of shifted back here. But there's always seemed to be these hot spots of softball, and this is like yeah. the year where they're Trump. Where now you have three of the best teams in the state. Within like literally within like ten miles, yeah, yeah, not even. I, mean, I know it's crazy. I mean, all these girls know each other, and uh, and and that must be kind of. I mean, they almost have the same kind of coaches, or at least cross paths so often. Um, is that yeah, pretty much the I, case? Yeah, a lot of them know each other and have played, have played, or play with them now. Um, so it's interesting, you know. It's just I think a lot of them play the travel ball together. It also referred, like, you know, like who you play for travel as well, like the teams that you're seeing in the summer, what are their competitiveness and them playing on these high competitive teams is definitely helping the high school programs as well. Is it just something about that area that just everyone loves softball in your area? Is that what it is? What is it? <laughs> I know 
you know, a lot of them have good feeder programs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the camps definitely help too. St. Joe's does the yearly summer camps. And I think they have a winter one as well. So a lot of them see Jeff Babineau and, and he gets his name out there before. So I think that helps a lot too. So softball was much different when you, than when you played, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it was, you know, the mound was closer uh, by, I forget how many feet. feet. How many feet? It was 40 feet versus 43. Right. So they moved it back just a bit. Um, you know, what changes have you seen in the game just because of that? And do you like it? Um, you know, I think that back in the day when I played, obviously, since the mound was a little bit closer, pitching was a little bit more dominant. Uh, you think? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I'm talking like Rachel Pico days. Right. Uh, but we would win games 2-1, to 3-1, 3-2. to, one, three to, one, three to two. They were always very tight scores. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember how big the small ball was in my game. So every game we had a bunting situation, everybody bunted, and that's really how we produced the runs. You know, a runner gets on, no outs, then you bunt her over, and then she makes it to third with two outs and somehow scores. Like that was yeah a lot of the game back then because pitching was a little bit more dominant. Right. Um. And nowadays we're seeing people scoring, you know, 25 runs per game. Right. So, so it's you, crazy. you like, I mean, did you, or do you prefer the, the small ball game or do you like a little bit more offense? I mean, I mean, I, I think I can know the answer to this, but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I like a little bit more offense too. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing what a one through nine lineup can do. Right. I, I, I just laying down bonds all the time. It was so dominant, the pitching. It yeah. was like you could, if you wanted to do like an all-state team, like you just loaded up with pitchers because they were just all so good. And yeah. you just never right. really had that, you know. Yep. Once they moved the mound back, or the mound, the circle back a bit, um, yeah. then it, I think it even, I think that was a great decision by by the NFHS in, in softball and the sport as a whole, just to kind of, because I remember I wrote a column when, when Rachel Fico was there like in, in 2006, one of my first columns yeah. was, I interviewed the outfielders and I'm like, what's a game like for you, basically? <laughs> and and they were and they were all like, Well, we have like a we make it a game to see like, you know, who's gonna we make a bets with each other, who's gonna catch the ball. And they just really did nothing. I mean, there was very, very, very few times kids in the outfield ever get to make plays. Yeah. You know, and when they moved them out, I've been mad. When they moved the circle back, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> because now maybe yeah. you get a little bit more. And I think you've seen a, a, a huge explosion. Uh, I mean, huge, but you've you've seen an explosion in offense. Has really evened it out. I think. I think so too. I mean, obviously, pitching is still a big part of oh yeah the game, but you always have to score a run to win. So you have to have offense. And if people are hitting your pitching, pitching, you have to have the players that are going to make the plays in the field. So I think moving the mound back has made it more a little bit more of a team game. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> the looking around the state, you know, uh, you know, what do you think of, of you know how the state of softball is in the state right now, and uh, you know, so who are some of the the other good teams that are out there that you, maybe you might have seen? We got to look out yeah. for. Yeah, um, I definitely have been hearing a lot about North Haven. Hmm. And I know they're in the class L as well. Yeah, so. let's not forget them. Yeah, I know Lauren Card has been pitching for them for a while. She moves the ball really well. 
Um, and they have, a, I think, like eight or nine seniors on their team. Mm. So a lot of girls with experience there. Um, How about the Bristols, also, right? Anyone yeah. from Brist- the Bristol area? I haven't heard much of, about that, only because it's so far. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I know Cheshire. Um, you know, I, I'm cl- I'm good family friends with one of the pitching coaches there, Kelly Brenner. Okay. And Cheshire is just always such a good program. You know, they always have a lot of girls that come out for tryouts, a large team, and they have a lot of depth. So I'm anxious to see see what they do this year as well. How do you think the polls been stacking up? I mean, I know you guys don't probably pay attention to it that much, but what you know, does it seem like we it's try not to pay attention to it? Yeah, but do you think it? I mean, you look at it just with a, you know maybe a side eye at least. You, do you think the voters are yeah. getting it right so far? And I mean, you know, regardless of whether you're number one or not, I mean, you look at the, yeah. the teams that are in it. I suppose, you know, it looks like that's it's pretty... hard to say right now because I would like to see some of the games that have got canceled been being played. Like yeah, uh, exactly. St. Joe's and Cheshire would have been a great team, great great game to watch with two really solid teams. Um, I was ready for that one but that one got held off by the rain as well mm. and even even the games like uh north haven and cheshire will be good to see um trumbull and st joe's yeah so i think you know i think it, it depends on the day you know it's who's the better team on that day you know we also did have barlow too which is enough was another close game for us which was three to one yeah so and, you know, they never got down. They just, you know, every inning they were like, all right, we need to put the ball in play. We need hits, hits, you know, and, and they got what they needed, obviously. So that was a good test for us as well. And I think today will be another good test for them as well to prepare us for that game on Saturday. Today's Newtown? Today we have Newtown, yeah. Well, who was your top competition in the SWC this year? You know, Bro- you know, Brookfield was right there last year with you. You played Newtown in the final last year. Um, yep. Uh, you know, looking at I me, mean, you talked about Barlow. Barlow kept you guys pretty close, which you know is, yeah, is impressive. I was, I was, I was very impressed with Barlow's pitcher, uh, Claire. Mm-hmm. Claire McCann did awesome. She moved the ball around, kept them up a little bit, threw them off every now and then. So I think she did a great job pitching that game. So I definitely think you know Barlow, Newtown, Notre Dame, Fairfield. Mm-hmm. It's and a pretty strong league, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, and also Stratford. Stratford's undefeated so far this season as well. You know, so I'm anxious to see them play against teams like Barlow, Brookfields, and Newtown. So it'll be interesting. But what is the biggest challenge uh, for your team, you know, going forward? That's a good question. I don't know yet. I feel like, you know, we've only had three weeks, so it's, it's hard to say, but... I think the biggest thing that we have going for us is the camaraderie of the team. Mm. They all have played together for so long and all of them get along so well together and they love playing with each other. So I think that speaks volumes as a team. So looking forward to that game th- th- this week. I mean, uh, it's at- I know. And I, it's, I feel like it's supposed to rain on Saturday again. <laughs> yeah. Don't, let's not say that. Yeah. Please don't say the other word. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, let's not. Let's, I mean, uh, look, I know like we want to put, I mean, I, I don't know. I, part of me didn't want to play that game in the beginning of the season, but it was, I thought it was a good way to kind of get everyone into the, into the season. I thought that would, that would have been, regardless of what happened, it didn't really have any bearing on what, what the, the, you know, what happens in June. 
But uh, yeah. but at the same time, now I, I guess there's a little bit of a buildup, so I, I guess there's not too much of a, a problem here. But still, like you know, yeah. let, let's go, let's get these games going, man. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm ready. I would, I would love to get these games going. <laughs> so, all right, Coach. Well, we we appreciate you taking a little time with us. You know, I think we're, uh, you know, again, we're, we're kind of just feeling our way around the season here. So hopefully, yeah. you know, we get a good show on Saturday, and we're, regardless of what happens, it, it gives us a good. You know, uh, uh, look ahead to the uh, to you know maybe the tournament season, and if we see you guys against yeah. them again, whether yep. it's early in the rounds or, or in the state final, I think that would be tremendous yeah. for everybody. Of course, yeah, like you said, awesome. like you said, North Haven, there you know, and then you got the bristles up yeah. there, so it, it might not happen. This could be it. This could be the first only time you guys face them. Yeah, I mean, it could be. You never know. <laughs> Anything can happen. Right. So anyway, thank you very much for ha- for, for being on, and yeah. you know. And good luck, and uh, and we'll we'll see you down the road. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, thanks so much. Good luck. Take care. There's not a lot to say. I mean, I mean there are things going on, but we're we're all kind of anxiously waiting for these big games coming up this week. And you know, once we get a, a good idea where the top teams stand, I mean, we've had a few, like it's, like we've said, we've had Trumbull versus Seymour. Uh, we had West Haven beating Amity, and then and there's some in North Haven uh, beating Amity as well. Um, but for the and then Southington obviously, but for the most part, we're still we're still waiting for that. What's the we want to see uh, St. Joseph and Massac. We want to see where the, where that's the that's the barometer of where we are in this season or what what's going to happen. Um, but anyway, thanks for uh, uh, Lee Brown for joining us. Uh, I mean, you mentioned a little bit at the top of the show. Uh, you know, what what's the expectation going into this? The Massac St. Joseph. Yeah. It could, it could go either way, but I feel like it's going to be another pitching pitcher's duel, especially based on what I saw against Barlow, because that's what that sort of, you know, descended into. And St. Joseph's pitcher, Peyton, is very good. Also, I could see, you know, runs being at a premium and defense being very important, and those two teams are pretty sound. So it could just be a, someone getting on base, you know, through a bunt or, you know, a, a hit the opposite way in, in the infield that just, you know, s- you know s- stays down and someone gets on first base, and then, you know, you're off to the races there. So base runners will be very important, I feel, because it could be low scoring. Right, and who knows? And who knows? New, Newtown might have beaten Massac this week. I mean, we, again, we're it's a great test. Yeah, Newtown pushed St. Joe's right to the limit too. So, and this podcast is being recorded on Tuesday, where a lot of the games from Monday got pushed too. So Massac is playing at Newtown, uh, as we mentioned, at four fifteen. Um, so I mean, you know, it's it's possible that the Massac could lose, but I, mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll, but we have still have a few more days to get to before we get to Saturday. Uh, speaking of which, you have St. Joseph's playing at Greenwich, which is doing. Pre- it seems like Greenwich is doing pretty well. Yeah, they're crushing the crushing the ball right now. You know, they hit ten runs I think every game. So it'll be interesting to see if St. Joe's can quiet their bats. That's on Wednesday at four fifteen. That's at Greenwich. Another interesting one is that. Uh, that border rivalry were Oxford at Seymour. I mean, Wolverines, they were at five and two as of, as of this uh, recording. Um, and, and we're really close in, in beating, uh, almost beating Seymour last year. Yeah. It was, I think it was a four to three game and Seymour returned the favor by pounding them pretty good the next time they met. But like you said, their rivals and Oxford's, you know, always solid. 
Yeah, it's really interesting to see. I, I always like to see. Seymour's been so good in the NBL for so long. Um, it, I love to see other, especially like in Oxford, which used to be part of Seymour. Right. Part of kids from Oxford would go to Seymour High School. So, I mean, that probably contributed a little bit. I always like to see what happens in, in football as well. Um, so that's always an interesting game, no matter what the sport is, when, when those two towns get together. Um, you mentioned NFA at East Haven, Friday at 11 a.m. That should be a real fascinating game. I mean... Yeah, it's a nice, you know, it's a nice test against a solid SEC club, you know, after in a long, a long trip for them. So. It's like it's like the uh, NFA tour coming over here to, to, you know, to give us a give us get, give us a look at them before uh, we can, you know, so we don't. <laughs> yeah, I covered their state quarterfinal loss to Cheshire. They lost six to five in a wild game. I don't remember if it went extra innings. I think it did. And they're they're a very good team. So. And then there's obviously the big one on Saturday. But it really, I mean, again, the weather's been really just so yucky and. It just seems to be on every softball, big, massive softball day, you have just rain just kind of mucking up the work. So Yeah, I mean, we could build this game up for five weeks at this rate. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll postpone it till after the state championship yeah. game. <laughs> then we play again. You ever, you, teams sometimes do that. They where they would play this, the, like the conference final. Got rained out, and they would play after the state oh, championship wow. game. That ha- that's happened one or two times over during my time. Um, maybe we'll do that and uh, make it a series out of it. Who knows? Well, a state open would definitely be fun for the four class champions, anyway. Oh yeah, I would absolutely love that. That would be tremendous. <laughs> yeah, something to think about as we go down the road. But that we're gonna call that a podcast for this week. We'd like to thank Lee Barone for joining us, and uh, we're all fired up the, the as we get into the meat of the season. So for. Brian Lacey. I am Sean Patrick Bowley. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.